Welcome, everybody, to today's broadcast. Uh, I'm Dale with Realvolve, and I'm so excited. We've got a great presentation put together uh, for you. I want to get right into it. Um, we're going to be sharing lots of things with you today, including some downloads. So make sure, get out a piece of paper right now or get your computer ready to take notes. This is going to be a great learning opportunity. And uh, we have my friend Verl Workman with us on the broadcast today. So make sure you're paying attention. There's going to be some amazing content and uh, it's going to be worth your while. So Verl Workman is um, a real estate coach. He's just so much more than that. Um, I could go on and on for five minutes about his resume, but the thing that I wanted to share with you guys today about Verl is, you know, I've been uh, to a couple of his events. I've had the opportunity to meet his family. I've been out near his hometown and met some of his family. And, uh, you know, we have a saying, one of my favorite sayings is that no success in life can compensate for failure in the the home. And the thing I love the most about Verl is that he doesn't sacrifice, he's not trading off his family life, his personal life for his success. And that's why I thought about him for this webinar today. Um, he's built an amazing community of top producing real estate teams and real estate agents from around the world. And uh, it's just a phenomenal uh, coaching organization. And uh, so, Verl, thank you so much for joining us today. We're really pleased to have you and feel very fortunate that you're sharing time with us today. Thanks, Dale. I'm glad to be here. And I appreciate the, the kind words. Mainly, I just want to have, I, I want to work as little as possible, make as much money as I can so I can hang out with my family. And if that's my, if that's your goal in life, this will be a good, this will be a good uh, webinar. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people, um, you know, everybody joining us today is a real estate agent or a team or a team leader or somebody from real estate team. And, um, you know, a lot of us face very similar challenges. So it's sometimes tempting for us to think that our situation is so much different than everybody else's when in reality, there's always somebody that's faced the same challenges. They've already figured out a solution to the problems that we're facing. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. As a matter of fact, if uh, if you're having any problem in real estate and you're trying to figure out a solution to it, you're crazy to just do trial and error because there's so many people that have gone ahead of you that have gone through that process that you can uh, you can plug into the right network with the right advice and get to your solution a lot faster. So you can get there. It's kind of like climbing Mount Everest. You know, there's all this stuff in the news about Mount Everest, but uh, what's happening right now is you can choose to take a Sherpa that knows what they're doing and have someone help you along the way, or you can just figure it out as you go and hope that your uh, your cell signal with GPS works on your way up. And for me, that's, uh, I'm all about stopping in Nepal and grabbing a group of Sherpas and making sure I have everything I need to summit and get back down. I love it. So today, um, what we're going to be talking about, just for the benefit of the audience, we're going to talk a little bit about processes. <laughs> we've talk a lot about processes, about um, identifying processes that can be automated. We're going to be talking about four critical systems that every team needs to scale. We're going to talk about hiring and um, finding talent, finding and hiring talent, and then holding them accountable. We're going to talk about a culture of productivity. And then we're going to talk about workflows. Um, so Realvolve talks a lot about workflows. Um, Workman Success Systems, your organization does a lot with action plans and workflows and process. And so that's hopefully going to be the bulk of our time today. So um, let's talk about some critical systems that every team needs to scale. And so, um, you know, I think of everybody that we talk to here at Realvolve, I think of them as, a, as either a team or a future team. I know some people don't have aspirations to become a team, but uh, I try to change their mind, and I know you do too. So what are some of the things that you guys have found 
um, every team needs if they're going to scale. And uh, why don't you define scale for us a little bit before we get started? Yeah, so another word for scale is leverage. So I, I like the word leverage. People think, you know, I don't want a big team. I don't want to manage 20 people. And there's this negative connotation to it. And for me, all a team is is someone that takes care of my business when I'm not doing it. And so a team allows me to focus on the parts of the business that I'm truly an expert at or that I really have passion around. And then I have other people who are passionate about different areas of the transaction working on those. And so whether you're an individual agent or you're a small team or a large team, we're all teams at some level. We all have uh, people that are our strategic partners to help us with transactions, whether it's mortgage or title or inspectors or uh, handyman, people that just help with the transaction. So we all have teams of some sort. It's whether or not you classify yourself or call yourself a team. And so we're all teams and uh, every task needs to be done. The difference between an individual agent and a team is simply who does the task. It's not whether or not it needs to be done. It's just who's going to do it. And what usually happens and the reason people decide they want to hire an administrative assistant or they get a buyer's agent or a showing assistant is because they realize they have this list of all these things that need to be done. They do what is absolutely critical to get paid at the closing table in commissions, but there's a whole bunch of other things that never get touched. And as a result of that, they have to work harder for their repeat referral business because they're not creating amazing client experiences. And so for me, when someone says team or not the team, I can't imagine uh, being in business and not having leverage. And I do leverage in two areas. First, I create, I believe that we should have systems for everything. Anything that you duplicate three times in your business should be a system. And then the second thing is, is that, you know, there's no task too small to delegate. So we have systems for everything. And then we delegate the things that are not the highest and best use of our time. So Dell, somebody, um, I was talking to an agent just recently that was um, going through this process of do I, do I hire an assistant or do I not? Because I really don't want a team. And I asked her, what's the most important thing in her life? And she says, well, my two-year-old. And I said, okay, so if that's really true, then every time you say yes to a $15 or $20 an hour activity, you're saying no to your two-year-old. And you're using the excuse that, well, I'm doing it to make more money so we can provide a better life. And I had to look her in the eye and with all the love in my heart, tell her that your child doesn't need your money. They need you. And they need your time and they need you to lead them and guide them and help them become great, you know, people and make an impact on this world. And the only way you can do that is to stop saying yes to $15 an hour activities, because when you say yes to that, you say no to something else. So, so the whole concept really, I think, is just understanding that team's not negative or positive. It's just what you do when you want to create leverage in your life. You get somebody else to do it. I don't mow my own lawn. I don't change my own oil. And I certainly don't I do my own administrative assistant tasks. I've got people who are experts in all of those areas that make my lawn look better than I could ever do myself. So that's the concept behind, you know, what I'm so passionate about and why we, I think we've been successful in helping teams really grow. Yeah. And, you know, um, I was blown away when I saw you for the first time, uh, you know, I've seen you speaking before, but I saw you in a long form, a brokerage had you come in and, uh, you were there all day, basically speaking up and uh, up and down off the stage. And, uh, you really harped on this point, uh, about teams. Cause there was some agents in the audience that were giving you pushback. And when I watched you talk to them and convince them that they should be delegating some of these things, I came back to my office and immediately delegated nine or 10 things. Um, my ability to rationalize why I'm doing something 
um, halfway is unlimited. I can I can rationalize why I only do something halfway all day long, but actually taking the time to write out the process and delegate somebody and teach somebody else to do it takes a little bit of extra work right now and way less work in the future. And so you inspired me to do that. Um, I believe in your message 100%. When you talk about doing $10 or $15 an hour work, I don't want to be doing $10 or $15 an hour work. And I know the audience today doesn't want to think of themselves as $10 or $15 an hour people. Yeah, but how many times have you said to yourself, well, nobody can do it as good as me? Yeah. And so rather than delegate it, you know, we're, we're entrepreneurs. You're an entrepreneur. I'm an entrepreneur. All the agents on the call are entrepreneurs. And entrepreneurs, um, we suffer from no one can do it as good as me and our market's different. Everybody feels like their market's different and everyone feels like their client really cares about them. And I, this is really, really a hard message. But the truth is, People don't sign up for Realvolve and they don't sign up for coaching because of Verl or because of Dale. They don't, they, don't, they don't buy a home because of their realtor. They invest in those things because of what impact it's going to make on them and it has nothing to do with us. And so the minute you realize that uh, as a real estate agent, that the, the, the clients don't care about you. They care about their families. They care about the schools their kids are going to go to. They care whether their kids are going to be able to play competitive sports at the high school. They care if they are rated high and they're going to get good uh, ACT and SAT test scores because they have uh, better programs. They care about the things that matter to their family. And the real estate agent is just a tool in the process to give that family what they want. And the moment you discover that, the moment you realize that it's all about them and it's not about you, that's when freedom happens. That's when you start having the ability to delegate. And it's such a cool, it's such a cool transition to watch people go through it. You know, yeah, they go they, from, I'm, it's all the marketing. It's got my name on it. It's got my picture on the side of my car. I got the cover look shot of what I used to look like in high school on my cards. And so I've got all this wonderful thing, but it's really not about me. Figure, figure that out and change, it changes everything in your business. Yeah, we, you know, at, here at Realvol, we talk about this a lot. There's a there's a, a movement happening in real estate. It's been going on for the last few years already. I mean, we're years into this movement, but it's pushing entrepreneurial-minded agents and teams ahead of the pack because they're embracing this idea of delegation of building systems. And so this enlightenment, we call it, is pushing folks like you and the people that are listening that are entrepreneurial minded, truly wanting to create systems and create scale and leverage, as you call it, Viral, it's just making them excel. And so there's a consolidation happening. There's fewer teams doing more and more transactions. We think that's a great thing for the industry. We want to help everybody listening today, want to help you create that for yourself and for your teams. We don't want to replace you. We're helping you to become even more entrepreneurial than you are already today. Love that. Well, let's give that. Let's give our our listeners some uh, some real meat and give them some real systems that we use to transform businesses. Yeah. So let's talk about some critical system every team needs then to create that leverage. So what are? So go ahead. Yeah, go. go ahead, Verl. <laughs> I was just going to answer the question before you asked it. <laughs> what are some of the t uh, critical technologies? I'm going to say that when you look at all of your technology, people do a lot. They spend a lot of money buying leads. They do. You know, high-volume lead generation systems. We spend money on social media, uh, but we don't give enough attention to our number one most important asset, and that is our relationships. And so I'm going to say that the first most important technology that you own in real estate business is your client relationship manager, your CRM. Now, there's a big difference between lead generation, lead incubation, and relationship management. 
And so I have multiple systems that do lead generation and I have multiple systems that do lead incubation, meaning they keep that lead till they convert. Once they convert and become a client, they go into my CRM and that CRM is where I manage that relationship for the lifetime of the client. When we do the math, the value of a client to an average real estate agent over the lifetime of the client is somewhere around $120,000. And so if a client's worth $120,000 to you, every time you get one, what does it cost you when you lose one? $120,000. Right. And so if your database is where most of your business resides, that's where your relationships are, and you're not nurturing and working it and doing the things that keep you at the front of the mind of these relationships so that when that life event happens that causes them to think about buying or selling real estate, then you lose that client. And they go to whoever's at the front of their mind at that moment. And so your CRM is the number one most important critical technology in your business. And it's not just any CRM. A lot, you know, we used to say, people used to ask us all the time, you know, what's the best CRM? And we would say the one that, the one that you use. And while that's a good cliche for someone who doesn't want to be specific in helping you grow your business, um, you can ask me truly what the best CRM is for real estate. I'm going to tell you that um, that the the one that we've chosen is Realvolve, and it's not just because I like Dale. It's because it does the things that I need it to do running a multi-million dollar business, and it gives me the transparency and the ability to see what's going on in my team. So I want to know, is my team doing the things that they need to be doing to follow up with people in the database? And everybody in the database should be on some kind of uh, what we call a workflow or an action plan. And so whenever you have a touch with a client, whenever you have a conversation with them, you should open up the contact record and then ask yourself, what next? Are they on a, follow a birthday card uh, campaign? Are they on a call once every two months? Are they part of my top 50 list? Whatever that is, they should be on an automated workflow for the lifetime of that client. So when you run into someone, I mean, I mean, I want everybody to think about this. When's the last time you're like in a grocery store or you went to the fair and you ran into someone you hadn't seen in five or six years and they asked you this question, Hey, so are you still doing real estate? And it was not a, it wasn't meant to make you feel bad, but the fact that they had to ask you is the problem because if they don't know, that means for the last five or six years, they haven't referred anybody to you and they haven't thought about you. And so you're not doing a good job of keeping uh, track of these people that have such a high value in your database. And so every time someone does that, I want you to just um, take 120 grand out of your bank account and send it to Dale because you just lost 120 grand. And if you're not behaving the right way with your database, the amount of money, I mean, we'll go through and we'll do a transition. So we were helping a team out of Houston, Texas transition from top producer into Realvolve. And we're going through, you know, it's a pretty significant process because you've got your database, you've got all your notes, and we were moving everybody from this high volume team. And as part of the process, we have the team members calling through everybody in the database, just reaching out, touching bases, seeing how they're doing, how's the family, what's next. And um, it's painful to see how many people have purchased a home without using the team over the last you know, five or six years. Mm -hmm. And so we're doing a better job now of, of working our database. So database is number one, CRM. And not just any, you got to get the right one. Um, the second thing is, we have a tendency as real estate agents, Dale, to celebrate our income. If you go to these, and you've been to a bunch of national uh, conventions, and I mean, brands and brokers give away awards for poverty. And so you could be <laughs> sucking air and not paying your bills and get an award for that at the national convention. And you walk across the stage, they get your 100% award. 100% of what? 
you made 100% of Obamacare because you don't qualify, you qualify for everything that they're offering in healthcare. I mean, I, it, it's crazy to me that you can be doing seven or eight transactions and get an award for that. Realtors and real estate companies celebrate um, closings. And if you really want to create a business that has value, we have to stop celebrating the gross income. It's a measurement. And we have to start celebrating the activities that generate the result we want. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of a weird thing. Can, can I show, can I share my screen with this group and show you? Yeah, of things? course. So let me share with you. Um, so I was at, I was at an event in Texas one year and uh, a, a young kid was showing me how he had taken over his parents' business and he was watching what they did. And they were, he, they had these certain activities that generated results. And he created a little tracker and we've taken his little tracker and we put it on steroids. And this is called the daily success habits tracker. Now the daily success habits tracker is a tool that allows you to keep track of the activities that you do, do in a, that you do during a day that generate a predictable result. And what we've learned is, is if you'll focus on getting 61 points a day, every single day, 61 points of rhythm, we call it, and you get points for doing dollar productive activities, You'll never have to worry about income again in your real estate career. And so activities are gen like calls, for example, this means prospecting for new business. So when I'm making dials, I just put a little X, a little, a little hash mark by the tracker. When I have a conversation, I hit it a second time. So now I know that I've had seven calls, two conversations, eight calls, nine calls, 10 calls, 11 calls, and three conversations. I know how many dials it takes to have a conversation and then how many conversations it takes to actually get an appointment. So when I set an appointment, I add an appointment down there. So every three contacts I have, I get an appointment. So if I need two appointments a day, I need to make the number of dials necessary to get my three contacts and get my appointment. And then we get points for doing things like um, sending a handwritten note to a client or when you're out showing houses, if you show two houses to a client, boom, 10 points for that. So you have another client show two houses to, no problem. When you go on a buyer or listing appointment for the first time, meaning the purpose of this appointment is to get a buyer agreement or a listing agreement signed, 10 points for that. If you get it signed, you get another 10 points for that. If you write an offer, is that a money-making activity? Oh, yeah. 10 points for that. And you go out and knock doors. Now, there's a lot of people who don't like knocking doors. I'm a door-knocking fool. I love knocking doors. Whether you knock doors or not is up to you. But if you're going to do it, it's the same as a phone call to me. You get a point for that. So you knock on you know, 50 doors around an open house, you're going to get points for all those. And then the last one is if you do one more thing one more time. When everybody else quits and they stop prospecting for the day, make one more call, do one more thing one more time. So it's really easy to get your 61 points, but you don't want to cheat yourself or lie to yourself and give yourself points if they're not real true dollar productive activity. This is not so your coach can hold you accountable. This is a personal accountability tool. Hold yourself accountable. And then what I ask you to do, Dale, and this is probably the most painful thing that the agents do, is we ask them to track what they actually do in 30-minute increments throughout the day. And when they fill this in, uh, what they do in 30-minute increments throughout the day, they realize how little time they actually spend doing dollar productive activities. And so imagine going from uh, getting up every day and running around like a chicken with your head cut off to putting structure in my day and committing to get 61 points a day to then tracking what I do in 30-minute increments you realize how much time you spend doing fake work or things that don't really move the needle for you. And it just gives you clarity. And when you get that clarity, it goes to a whole different stratosphere. And then all of a sudden you realize that, you know, between 1030 and 230, you're not doing anything that makes it worth being away from your family for. So you might as well either do better activities or go home. 
because you're just pretending to be away and you might as well just go back and, you know, you know, do what you love instead of you know, play golf, do something other than go to the office and pretend like you're working when you're really not. So get clarity. So that's, that's the second system is track the activities that generate results. And we do that with a daily success habits tracker. This is this. Can we give this away? Can I give it to everybody? Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna have a we're gonna share a URL at the end. We'll share a little link um, toward the end, and you'll be able to download this for free. So uh, stay tuned to, toward the end here. And Verl, so um, this might be a little bit too close to home for some people, but what are some of the favorite things that people like to do to to waste time or that are not necessarily the dollar productive activities? What are some of the pitfalls um, that a lot of agents get trapped with? Well, Zig Ziglar calls it getting cooked into squat, fixing to rise. And that means they're getting ready to do something good. So they block an hour for prospecting, but they spend 55 minutes putting their expired list together. And so they spend 55 minutes, they have five minutes to make a call, nobody answers, they're like, oh, I got to go. And so they get ready to do the activity instead of just picking up the phone and doing it. Um, another thing that they do is they do administrative tasks. You know, um, somebody tells me they have, you know, five contracts pending and so they have no time right now and so they're 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 calling inspectors they're coordinating with appraisers they're working with the title or attorney they're doing all of the activities it's just miscellaneous things that don't really move the needle in productivity so what will happen is is they'll get five deals under contract and then they'll stop prospecting and they'll work those five deals and they'll close and they'll have this peak and then all of a sudden, they'll have this massive dip in their business because they're like, oh, crap, I don't have any money. And so they start prospecting again, but it's 90 days out before they see a result. And so they have these massive peaks in value because they don't have consistent rhythm of success. And so I would say it's anything hmm. other than prospecting. We do anything. Uh, we, I mean, I, can, I can't even give you a list. I can think of everything, everything that's not directly related to getting an appointment is fake, is stuff you shouldn't be doing. Got it. Building flyers. I had an agent tell me one time she didn't have time for a coaching call because she had a, a client coming in from out of town in two weeks and she had to look for properties. Mm. I, I about lost my mind. I about lost my mind. Are you freaking kidding me? You know, you have a client coming in in two weeks and you don't have time to do a scheduled call. This is why you're not making any money because you're spending your time looking for properties for someone coming in two weeks. You don't think they have the internet? They're already looking at all the properties. They know what they want to see when they come into town. Now, you can do a preview of properties and do a few things like that for them. But my goodness, it certainly isn't something you do instead of prospecting today because that client's already in the – you already have an appointment with them. And it's already scheduled. So you should be spending your time looking for new business. Look, there's only three things we do in real estate. We prospect, we list and show houses, and we negotiate contracts. That's your list. Everything else should either be a system or an assistant that does it for you. I love that. So one of the things that's great about um, everything that you and your group talk about is all based on those kind of principles that you have. And this is, all of these things have been through a refiner's fire. So this daily success habits tracker that we're looking at has been uh tested, right? It's been tried and tested by um, thousands of agents around the country using it every single day and uh, tweaking it. Yeah. So we go in and so all of our clients that get access to this portal that you're seeing right here called Workbench. And so when I click on the Workbench, I can click on success habits. And so as a private coaching client, all of our teams are putting all of their data into the system. And so what happens as a result of that is we start getting intelligence from the market. And so the market tells us that it's 305 calls, 282,000 emails, um, 
Showing houses to 13,000 clients generating generates 8,500 buyer appointments and 4,000 listing appointments. We know that if you do these activities, these are how many how many appointments you're going to get. And we also know that how many appointments generate closings. So when we take all of this data, I, I can tell you right now, Dale, that it takes about 271 points to get a closing. And so when everybody's putting their data in here and we're seeing the activities they're doing, it helps us figure out what we have to do to get closing. So if you do your 271 points consistently over and over and you don't cheat, you're going to have a closing every 271 points. So just do the things that generate the results. So this is that wisdom of the crowd piece where we take all of that data, put it into one place. It goes into Workbench, and of course, then I can see everything and what everybody's doing that. And you can see that, you know, the daily, they're getting entered in here daily. You can see the daily activity that when people are putting in their numbers. So we got, um, they need a daily success habits tracker. They need a, a CRM, a good CRM, um, differentiated between the lead generation and the lead nurturing piece. They need a true client success manager. Uh, manager. And then uh, what's a third thing that every, every uh, team needs? So we have to track our business. So we have to have a, I call it a transaction tracker. And we use a simple Google Doc sheet that's a transaction tracker that shows us everything going on in the business. Now, I want you to look at this tab right here. So this is a team out of Texas. And you notice that this tab is called listing appointments. We're not tracking gross closed income right here, are we? No. I want to know how many people you're getting belly to belly with and whether or not we won it. Did we win it? Did we lose it? What was the source? Where did it come from? How are we getting our listing appointments? I want to know what listings are upcoming. What do we have in the pipeline coming up? What do we have right now currently listed? What do we have, what do we have pending right now? By the way, this team has 45 current active pendings. Wow. And then what do we have closed? And so what, are, what do we have in our, in our closing summary? And so when I click on the summary, so this is a transaction tracker that um, however you do it, and I know that Robolf has some tools built into it, and mm -hmm. what we want to do is integrate everything together. So what we're doing right now is we track it in a simple Google Drive spreadsheet that gives me some summary data. And so I'm able to look at the data here, and I'm able to see, you know, when I started working with this team, Dale, this is kind of a fun one. Um, Christy's goal was to make $2,000, or sorry, her, her, her income was 250000 a year. And her goal was to double. She wanted to make $500,000 a year. And this is her monthly income this year. 108, 165, 371,000, 204, 282. And so what her annual income was is now her monthly income. And what's happening in the tracker, and let me show you why it's important, is we track things like how do we pay our, our, our ISAs? Uh, do we have a listing coordinator bonus? Do we have a processor bonus? Who's doing the transactions? If you notice right here, my team leader has only done two of the 138 transactions that have been done this year. So how cool is that? So we're teaching her to build a business, not be a realtor. So if you're a realtor and you want to build a real business, this is kind of what we do. And then we look at every lead source and we track every lead source where the business comes from. Now, what makes this important is, is we have leads that come from all kinds of places. But what's the number one? What's the number one lead source, Dale? Relationships. Yep. So look at that. Relationships is number one. And then um, we have that past client is another one. Repeat client. Three repeat, yeah. yeah, repeat client. And repeat client. So that's right there. You add those two together. It is by far the highest level of where our business comes from. And we and it's the least amount. It's the lowest cost lead. And so it costs us least for the lead. And it, we, it's where most of our business comes from. But most agents don't really focus on that. 
And then we track, and then we track title companies, inspectors, we track commissions year to year. And so how do we get somebody from 250 to 2.6 million? You know, it looks like this. It takes about two years. The first year we go from 250 to 500,000 in commission. Then we go to 1.1, then 1.7, then 2.1. Then we had all those hurricanes in Houston. We had a little dip to 1.9. The next year we went right back to 2.6 as of last year. And this year we're on track to break the $3 million record, $3 million gross closed income. So the next thing you need to track is you've got to track your business. And you have to know what's working and what's not working. You have to compare it year over year. And you've got to have the charts to tell you whether or not um, you're headed the right direction. And so we, we calculate all of those things, including the agent goals, where they want to go, um, what our lead spend is, and our return on investment for every lead source that's there. And so I say that which gets measured gets done. So as a business, whether it's a, a CRM company, a coaching company, we sell boats or satellite dishes or hot tubs, or you sell real estate, you have to measure the things that matter. And so measure the activities and where business comes from and where it goes so you can see everything that impacts your business. So when there's an anomaly, we fix it. So can I give you a, can I give you a kind of a cool example? Please. I don't know if you want me to just go randomly show you like, so let me go into Christie's workbench for just a minute. I'm going to show you something that happened last year and I'm going to show you the results. Um, let's see, let's go to the workbench here. So I go into Christie Buck's workbench and, uh, in 2018, in September, we were looking at all of our numbers and we realized that October, November, and December, were going to be a big dip. We're always planning 90 days out in advance. So we're looking at all of our numbers and we're like, holy crap, what are we going to do? And so we went from her, we went from her workbench into what we call an agile. And I know you know this, Dale, but uh, an agile is the way that we think strategically about a business. And that is how do we focus on the highest priority? And so if the business isn't performing at the level you want it to, and you're looking in advance 90 days, well, how do you fix it? And so in the agile, when I look at Christie's team, for example, you're going to see this is what we call a project backlog. And so in the project backlog, this is where we literally get in and we look at all of the things that need to be done in the business. Right now, to um, close two more transactions per agent per month, we're going to do an open house training folder. You see all these activities. Well, Christy said to me, Verl, you know what our problem is right now is there's no listings. I said, what do you mean there's no listings? She says, well, you know, listings are selling so fast that um, not able to capture the leads on the buy side. And so we, there's just no inventory. And I said to Christy, I said, let's do a quick search. And she goes, well, what do you mean? I said, pull up your MLS. So on a call just like this, we pulled up the MLS and I said, show me how many houses listed in your area in the last, in the last 30 days. And she said, 1,400. And I said, well, how many did you get? She said, seven. And I said, okay, so the problem isn't there's not enough inventory. It's that somebody else has it. And that we have to be very, very strategic in going after that business if you want to grow. And so we created what's called, we, we created a project called Get Your Listing Inventory Up. And then we created a sprint around that. And then her whole team had a focus on all the activities that she needed to do to drive her listing inventory up. And our listing inventory now is we want to keep the listings at 50. And if we have less than 50, then we crank it up and we keep it at 50. So we hired another listing partner. We started working FISBOs and expires. We worked with the reload companies, all the things that are on this list. So what makes Christy a great team leader is not that she has a great coach. 
It's that she executes on the priorities in her business. Does that make sense? And so I'm guiding her in the process and asking the questions, but someone has to do the work. And if you're unwilling to do the work, it doesn't matter who your coach is, it's not going to work. So you have to be willing to execute around those priorities. And so we talked about daily success habits. We talked about tracking your business at every level. We talked about tracking the activities that generate the results. And I love that on Christie's transaction tracker, that the very first tab that it opens to is how many listing appointments do we have? We focused on how many appointments are we getting today? How many appointments are we getting tomorrow? Who's listing them? Who's going on it? And are we converting them? We started tracking the things that move the needle. And as a result of that, you know, she ended up having, you know, a $370,000 December last year. That's great. So we're focusing on the things that we can do today that move the needle down the road. I think the trap that a lot of us fall into is, like you said earlier, we're measuring the success at the end of the year. We're measuring how much commissions we made, and we're not focusing enough on the activities that lead up to that commission. If we can shift our focus a little bit more on the immediate, that changes the result that we get in the end. Absolutely. So let's skip ahead a little bit. Let's talk about hiring and finding talent or finding and hiring talent, I guess would be the right way to say it. Um, Because that's something that a lot of people are afraid of. Um, They've tried to hire somebody before. It didn't work out. And uh, now they're a little gun shy. You know, I'm glad you brought that up because that's just a true statement. Um, Here's the problem. And I don't know if this resonates with anybody, but for those of you listening in, think about this. You think, okay, I'm so busy right now that I need to hire someone, but I'm afraid of hiring someone because then I have to pay them, put them on salary, uh, like an assistant. And you're so busy that you you end up doing it. And then you don't hire the right person. You hire someone who needs a job rather than someone who's best qualified for what you need help with. And we call that an opportunity hire. So you hire someone who needs a job, get them on board, and and then you bring them on. And you're so busy doing the business that you don't take the time to actually properly train them. And so you set the whole program up for failure. And so now you've hurt a relationship because you hired your friend's mother and you haven't trained them properly. And so they're letting you down and you're letting them down and you're still doing all the tasks you were doing before. And it cements in your mind this conversation going on that says nobody can do it as good as me. Does that sound familiar to anybody? Have you heard that, Dale? (laughs) Oh, yeah, all the time. All right. So how do we fix it? So how do we fix it? First of all, um, the hiring process has to be strategic. We... I like to do what's called a gap analysis in my business. And so a gap analysis is really simple. It's where you look at all the things that you should be doing for a client before, during, and after the the transaction. And then I ask myself, what's not being done? Or what are the things I shouldn't be doing? Then I hire to those gaps. And so I look at the gaps. A lot of the gaps can be solved by putting great systems in place. The problem is, is you're out there doing real estate, so you don't have time to implement your own system. And so we get an administrative assistant. I believe that you should hire an assistant the day you start real estate. So like when you pass your test and you have a license, that's when you should start looking for your first assistant. I don't think you should ever spend any time doing administrative tasks. You should prospect, look, you know, list and show houses and then negotiate contracts. And so it's now time to hire someone. Your first hire is an assistant. There's a couple ways to do it. You can hire a transaction coordinator that when something goes under uh, under contract, they take it uh, from contract to close. You pay 200 to 250 bucks a transaction. You don't have a payroll. They only get they only get paid if the deal closes. Or you can hire somebody part time if you have a little bit of money. But how do you hire that person? And so the first thing we do is we have a series of resources. I call it the hiring process. And so I can go into my resource library for just a second, and I can just type in hiring. 
And if I type in hiring and I search for hiring, it'll give me a whole bunch of different options. And so I have a hiring process checklist. And this hiring process checklist takes through and helps me do the gap analysis by asking the questions. Uh, we call it a missing persons report. So um, what's not getting done in your business? Who are you looking for? Who's missing? And be very specific. And then we create a job description that's provided that for that position. And then we have a whole system of going out and, you know, going through and finding out what that looks like. So the process we use, and I'm going to just give you, let me just give you the hiring a client care coordinator, Dale. I'll just tell you what we do. So we run our ads and we use Wise Hire, we use Indeed, we use Monster.com, whatever sources you want to, whatever works well in your community. And we do all these online places, we post our jobs. And then if it's a client care position, I want to make sure that I'm hiring someone that, that can follow instructions. So I give them a couple of instructions, say, hey, if you're interested in this position, I want you to send a PDF copy of your resume to this email address. If they send a Word document or a Excel spreadsheet or a Google Docs, and it's not a PDF, they're not going to get an interview because they didn't, uh, you know, they can't follow directions and they can't create a PDF. I can't have someone being the director of first impressions that can't, you know, can't do basic things. The second thing I have them do is I have them call my Google voice number and leave a message as to why they'd be good for this position. And uh, really interesting, Dale, people call and they say, hello, um, yeah, I was calling on a job and I've got a lot of experience. Well, they don't sound good. And they're my director of first impressions. They're answering my phone. They're, they're, they're representing me to the client. And so if they don't sound good when they're trying to sell themselves, they're not going to sound good when they're trying to sell you. And so I make them leave a voicemail of why they'd be good for the position. The next thing we want them to do is we then do a phone interview. When we talk to them on the phone, we talk about what the job is like. And if we like them, we send them a disc motivators. So I want to know what their disc is and what drives them. I want people that have the right, um, it's not a personality, but a right behavioral style to be able to fulfill the position. Um, you, want me to, you want me to show you like what a disc would look like for a good admin? Yeah, we're real quick. We're running out of time. We're, we're not even going to get through um, the next couple of things on our list here, Verl. I think we're out of time. But we are, like I said, we're going to be sharing some of this stuff. So um, stay tuned to the end. We're going to share a, a URL with you. So you can download some of this stuff that we're sharing. And there'll be a lot more resources and even opportunities to have a conversation. So we're not going to get to everything today on the presentation. But you can still reach out to us and have a conversation. Uh, we'll show you how to make your business awesome. So yeah, go ahead, Verl. Well, so I won't go into detail on that, but basically a DISC stands for driver, interactor, supporter, or analytical, right? Or somebody who is really focused on the details. I want a high C and a high S in my administrative, in my administrative position. And then we give them a job description. We bring them in for a face-to-face -face interview. We interview as a team. The team interviews them if they like them. The team leader does the final interview. Then it goes to the coach. And providing that they fit the role, we bring them in and make them an offer, and they start. And then we put them into training. And so we put them into that admin mastery training. If they're an admin, if we're hiring a buyer's agent, then they go through the buyer agent training. If we're hiring a listing partner, we put them through listing agent training. So if you, as you hear me talk, Dale, I hope you're realizing that everything is a process. There's a checklist for everything. The ads that we run, the job descriptions, the contracts, and then right into the onboarding and training is all built out into systems. And that's what, uh, that's what really makes the difference between uh, the people that like to have big teams and don't make any money and the people that have small teams and are wildly profitable. 
Yeah, nothing is guessed. I mean, you guys, um, you've been through uh, the song and dance before, and you know all the steps, and that's what the thing I love. Tell me a little bit about, I mean, we're, we're going to skip a, a little bit, but I do want to talk about workflows, and I uh, want to talk about your workflows, and I want to talk about how Realvolve is a little bit different in how we do our workflows, and then come back to the CRM topic at the end, and then we'll share um, where people can get all this information. So tell me first, uh, Viral, because we have all of your workflows, the Workman Success system workflows are all built into Realvolve. Um, tell me how you guys created these workflows. So first of all, um, you're being humble. What, what we have is we have, I'll call them checklists. And so, you know, when you list that, when you list a home, there's a checklist of things you need to do. And so usually agents staple that checklist to the inside of the manila folder. And so their system is to come in every day and pull out all their folders and make sure everything's being done. Well, there's not any scale to that. There's too much opportunity for things to fall through the cracks. And so we created a spreadsheet that has uh, the checklist of all of our top agents for everything they do in every aspect of their business. So I have a checklist for what happens before a listing comes in, the pre-listing package, during the listing, after the listing, maintaining the listing, scheduling an open house. So we have all these checklists. And these checklists work really, really great. We thought they were brilliant until we actually met you. And then <laughs> you, you took all of our checklists and you said, well, these are really great. But what happens during the process when something changes, uh, an inspection moves the date back, or as a result of an appraiser, we have to do something on closing, and all of your checklists then don't match up with the dates of when they need to be done. There's no intelligence into the checklist. And so what we did is we sat down with Realvolve and we said, okay, here's our checklist. How do we put intelligence to them and create a workflow instead of a checklist? And so now if this happens, then that happens and it changes the rest of the workflow. And so what Realvolve has done for us is they've taken uh, what we've built, which is phenomenal checklists for everything you do three times in your business, and they've created intelligence to them. And then they've automated those, put them into workflows so that as a client, you come on, you say I'm a workman client, it unlocks all of these workflows for you. And the other thing that I thought was brilliant, and this actually, you know, the way that I learned about Realvolve is that we had several coaches that are seven-figure producers that were using Realvolve and they were coaching their clients and we were using different CRM. And they asked, I would get a call from a coach saying, hey, I've created this workflow and it's really good. It's got some of your stuff in it, but it's mostly mine. And we want to be able to make it available to other people on Realvolve. I'm like, what do you mean make it available? Just give it to them? They go, no. Realvolve has a place where high producers that have specialties in different areas of the business can put their workflows up, and then people can subscribe or purchase those workflows so they don't have to think through what needs to be done in their business. And I was like, that's brilliant. It's brilliant. I give them away. You've figured out a way to monetize it. And when they have value, people don't mind paying for it because they don't have to create it. So that's what intelligence and workflows means to me. And that's what the partnership with Robol has done for us is it's put intelligence to our checklist and created workflows that were previously just, you know, check boxes. And, yeah. And it's... And Go ahead. If so I, did I screw that up? No, did that's that? that's perfect. I mean, the, the I'm very, very proud of our workflow platform, and I didn't build it, but I'm very proud of it anyway, um, because it's a really powerful tool to help project manage anything that you're doing in your residential real estate business. That's a beautiful thing. So there's not a lot of like quote unquote project management tools. And so when you think about a client that you have in your real estate business, if you take really great care of them, and again, you're leveraging the technology to help you save time, we don't want to be spending a bunch of time managing all the details of a transaction.
transaction or a listing. So we're going to offload that into a system like Realvolve. Realvolve handles all the little details and the deadlines. Guess how often my computer misses a date or a deadline? Never. Never. It doesn't happen. So I'll forget something, but once I put it in Realvolve, it doesn't get forgotten, it doesn't get dropped. And I'm reminded through text messages and emails, the things that I'm supposed to be doing for my clients or my team members, and it's a beautiful thing. And one of the things I love about what you guys do and what we do, um, Verl, is that things are always evolving. Um, so you're updating things as you go. Tell me a little bit about that process for you guys and how that fits into what we're doing with our workflows. So it's it, we don't do it as we go. We, it's it's like it never stops. I mean, there's not a there's sure. not an end to creating something. And so what we do is every Friday, uh, we have 50 coaches. Our call, all of our coaches get on a coach training call, and on this coach training call, we do victories, and uh, where we share victories of our clients who's kicking butt and taking names. We share challenges, things that are problems that I'm having a hard time getting a client to to break through with. And when that challenge comes up, what happens is is all of the coaches say, okay, now I've had that problem in my business or with another client. Here's the system that I use to solve that problem. And we'll take five or six brilliant solutions to the problem. We bring them together and then we workmanize them and then we create a workflow on it. And then that workflow then is then distributed through our channel. So anyone that needs that for the same problem can plug into it and solve the problem. And so it's every single week we're dealing with real problems that are going on right now in real estate. And we've got some of the brightest minds that are out there doing it. You know, it's not fair that my, my name's on the door. It's Workman Success Systems because it really is not me. It's really the brilliance of all of these people that have um, chosen to affiliate with us. And I'm just kind of humbled in my, you know, in my quiet moments with my wife, we talk about, you know, the, uh, the, the importance of what we do and how we have to work really hard just not to screw it up because the people are such givers and they they share so much. And that's what makes the, that's what makes the, the content so valuable is that it's being presented by people who really do want to make a difference in your business. They don't think of it in their own. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna show people real quick. Um, I'm just gonna dive into the the workflow platform just so people understand that a little bit, and then uh, I'll make sure everybody knows how they can get access to the rest of the stuff that we wanted to talk about today, and then download some of that the, the success tracker and some of those free resources that Great. you've been generous generous enough to share. So um, up on my screen right now, I've got uh, a, a brief explanation of Realvolve's 4D automation, and this is really at the heart of what makes Realvolve different now. Remember, we are a true CRM, meaning it's very low cost. It's not going to be up there with um, the commissions, Inc. and those other things. We think those tools are great, but they're lead generators and lead incubators, whereas Realvolve is just going to be for your clients and your past clients. Now, there are some people that use us to help nurture their leads, especially when you're first getting started. You might not have um, the ability to buy a system a Cadillac lead generator and lead incubator system. But um, for the majority of real estate agents and teams, you're going to want a lower cost CRM, regardless of what the market does, you're going to keep it. It's your database. It's where all of your clients and past clients live um, until the end of time. And so we want to create automation and helps uh, help you shortcut some of your tasks and our automation shortcuts using these four D's that you see on the screen here. Um, the first two D's, we call them the, the, the time delays and the specific dates. Almost every CRM or automation platform that I know of, you can create automation on these delays and on these dates. But what Verl was talking about where the if this, then that 
type of automation comes in, that's because we've also added in these other two Ds, and I don't know why my screen's not letting me advance, but I'll just pull it up like this. So we've got these decision points and then previous things getting done. When you mix and match all of those different um, four Ds together, it creates a magical automation system that helps you get things done really quickly and efficiently. And we like to say, we wanna help you be efficient with your things so you can be effective with your people. And the idea is that you have these um, workflows or action plans and you build them one time or configure them one time and then you use them over and over and over again. Now, like Verl said, it's never done. We're not gonna just build it and then leave it and never tweak it. The idea is that you're tweaking little things here and there, but you don't have to overhaul it. You're not reinventing the wheel um, every time. So we create a smooth process that every single client goes through. So in other words, think about it like this. If I, um, I can create or I can use from our library of workflows a workflow for managing a buyer transaction. And so the scenario I'm about to work you through is that we've made an offer on a property for one of my clients, offer was accepted, now we're working through the transaction. This is dealing with the things instead of dealing with my clients um, that Verl talks about. So what's gonna happen is, uh, let's just say I'm at the home inspection step in this process. So I would drag and drop the home inspector onto the home inspector slot in Realvolve, and then I would set the home inspection date and time, and it's an appointment. What would happen next is Realvolve, this, the October 25th here is the home inspection date and time. Revolve puts that on my calendar for me and also confirms with all the people involved. And if you think about it, there could be up to six people involved at this point. It's me, the buyer and their spouse, my clients, uh, my assistant, the listing agent on the other end of the transaction and the home inspector. That's six people that Realvolve is going to notify. It's going to put the right date, time, address, all of that stuff is going to automatically be inserted into the messages. And then a day before the, the appointment, it's going to remind everybody. And then maybe two days after the inspection takes place, it reminds me to double check that I got the inspection report back. If I click a box that says no, Realvolve is going to fire off an email to the home inspector that was written ahead of time when I was in a good mood and not crap about it being late and it's going to be real professional and sent off. And now this would cycle in my to-do list every day until I got that inspection report back. And then of course, once I get it back and I check the box, yes, in Realvolve that I got it back, um, Realvolve would then have the next few steps scripted out. So any due diligence or negotiations that need to take place I'm reminded at that point to do those things. Now, you can also think about how awesome this is for having um, more junior buyer's agents on your team. Make sure that they don't forget things and your transaction coordinator doesn't forget things. Everything runs real smoothly um, just the, in the perfect way, just how you wanted it to and how you lined it out. So it's going to just be a repeatable process. Um, it's scalable. I don't have to be the one managing everything that my team does. I don't have to be double checking every single thing. Realvolve will create a nice task list for them and for me to take a look at um, so that I can just be on top of everything all the time. So um, let's just share. I'm going to pull my screen back up here. I don't know why this is not. There we go. So um, you know, as, you talk, as you talk through this, it seems so simple. Um, but thinking through the process is actually very complex. And what great technology does is it takes complex things and makes them simple to me. And that's what I need it to be. 
Yeah, you know, there's there's a big difference between abstract thinkers and concrete thinkers. I think most of us get in this concrete thinker mode because we're caffeinated, we're sleep deprived, we're really busy, and we're running from one <laughs> thing to the next. That lifestyle that we have stifles creativity. It stifles the abstract thought. And so a, a system like Realvolve and, and the agiles that you guys run can bring clarity so that I don't have to be using my finite brain capacity to figure out what I'm doing next. I want to get creative with my marketing and with how I'm dealing with people, all of the to-dos and all that kind of stuff. I want it all outlined for me like I'm a dummy so that I don't have to turn my brain on to figure out what to do next. It's just right there in front of me. I want it to be like Ron Popeil's chicken roaster. You just <laughs> set it, forget it. <laughs> I need Ron Popeil's uh, hair, that hairspray <laughs> stuff. So um, let's talk really briefly. Um, so first of all, if you go to realvolve.com, we're going to pop this up on the screen right now. Go to realvolve.com forward slash habits, and it's going to be on your screen right now and in the chat there. Click on that. You're going to be able to uh, download some of Verl's uh, free resources, and there'll also be an opportunity to schedule an appointment to meet with us. You're going to be getting some follow-up emails, um, so pay attention to those. We want to help you. We're here to help you. And it doesn't hurt to just have a conversation with us. So, of course, there's no obligation. Might as well just have a quick chat. We're not going to waste your time. I promise we're only going to get you on the phone with a true professional that understands the industry and has your best interest in mind. So it's got to be a win-win or it just doesn't make sense. So um, so go to that realvolve.com forward slash habits that you see on the screen there. Um, fill out that quick form. We're going to give you some free resources, and we do want to talk to you. So please um, take the opportunity to chat with us about your business, what you're wanting to do, where you're going. Uh, it'll be worth your while. So um, last thing that I wanted to do in closing, Verl, tell me a little bit, uh, bring this home for us. How do you create a culture of productivity? Um, maybe even if you're just by yourself, but especially with your team, how do you create that culture of productivity? Uh, so that's a great question. The first thing I'm going to tell you is you need to run your business based on a set of core values. So develop your core values and have a set of core values that have real meaning. And in those core values is making a difference in other people's lives. As a team leader, your job is business development, people development. It's developing your people to be amazing, to create exceptional experiences. And the way that we develop our people is we inspect what we expect. We have a daily huddle. And so every day, we, for 10 or 15 minutes, we look at their daily success habits. We look at their lead tracker. We look at the appointments they set. And then we help them set goals for the new day. The second thing we do in this daily rhythm of success is we, we get together and we practice. We role play scripts and dialogues every single day for 30 minutes at least. Look, if you practice it pretty soon, you can start to listen to understand what people are saying instead of listening to respond, trying to come up with what to say next. And you really understand what they need or what they want, and then you can provide better solutions. So uh, practicing scripts and dialogues is huge. And then the last thing that as a team you, you have to make a commitment to do is you have to make a commitment to prospect. So you do your huddle. Your role play, and that gets your mind in the right place to get ready to make some calls. And then you just pick up the phone and you start dialing for dollars. We prospect for a minimum of one hour every day. Look, if you're not showing houses and you're not negotiating a contract, the only thing you got left is prospect. And so if you're not doing those two, you should be prospecting all day, every day until you fill your day with appointments. And then we'll get other people to help you with those other things. So, you know, whatever it is, is your challenge, whatever holds you back. Um, I want you to know that there's another level. And if you start behaving, you know, the difference between a Christy Buck or um, a Lee Tessier or someone that's performing at a really high level, the only difference between them is not the quality of the individual, but it's the activities they focus on. And so get a Sherpa, get a coach, find someone that can help you 
focus on the right activities and then automate everything that you duplicate three times. And the best place to start with that is with Real Ball. Thanks, Dale. Thanks for all. Appreciate it. And thanks everybody else for joining us. Bye for now.